This show is part of the Miles Offside Podcast Network. Visit twitter.com slash milesoffsidepod for more information. And now, on with the show. Welcome to another episode of the Miles Offside Podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nonsense. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy From Afar, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Chuck Bailey and super producer, Ian Stimson. Hi-o! One week to go until the Premier League season starts. How excited are <laughs> you guys? Gonna be great. I don't know what you're talking about, mate. Nab the point. First of many, 39 to go, boys. That's it, one fortieth of the way there. You're the only mob team that grabbed a point this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. What up? So, nothing like grabbing a point against a 10-man team. (laughs) Fucking hell. Uh, uh, Welcome, a lot of you might be new listeners, because we did get quite a few uh, people jumping on the train with the preview pods and the FPL pods, so welcome to our first regular season episode. Especially if you're part of our Barbados Massive. Woo! Yeah, big in Barbados, baby. Barbados Woo-hoo. represent. You guys keep listening. We're coming on tour. Yeah, map on tour. <laughs> we charted all over the place. Japan, Finland. I only showed you Barbados because that was the highest one because there's probably about five people there, but whatever. <laughs> Wait, we're big in Finland as well now? And Japan? Yeah, Finland, France, Spain. We charted at, in the top 50 of Spain. Hey-o. Europe, Asia, the Caribbean. It's happening. Sam Danby isn't flying around getting us downloaded all over the place, huh? <laughs> Has Sam Danby left, left us reviews in seven different languages? <laughs> oh, I'd love that. He uh, he summarily destroyed me in the Fantrax draft league this week. Did you get a dick in? Um, and that's despite him leaving Jesus on his bench and Ozil in his lineup. <laughs> Ooh, I strength in depth. Brutal, brutal destruction on, at his hands. I'm trying to pull up the score right now so I can see... In game week one, I lost by, well, the final score was 322 to 263. So, Jesus Christ. Wow. Um, but that will be a running theme this week, I think, is uh, disappointing losses on on my behalf. <laughs> but yeah, um, let's go ahead and uh, we're going to skip the rapid fire news this week because we're so excited to talk about the fixtures. Um, but that will be making a comeback first time in the season next week. So no worries there. Um, but I guess let's take it off then with some rapid, rapid, rapid fire fixtures. Meow, 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 meow. They won't be rapid. <laughs> Disclaimer, they're not, they, it will take them now <laughs> At least. Cast your minds way, way back, if you can. To, to the many long ago. Yeah. Friday, <laughs> August 9th, at some undetermined time in some undetermined time zone. <laughs> the before times. We were all still reeling from the fucking motorcycles. <laughs> I hate motorcycles. Um, we were all still reeling. That was a metaphor for how revved up we were for the start of the season. <laughs> hey, very good. Sound very effects. Good. That was Ian um, really earning his super producer credit there. <laughs> so Liverpool 4, Norwich 1. Liverpool looked really fucking good, right? Yeah, in the third, well... The defence, it's weird that in the half that they won 4-0, their defence looked really shit. And Norwich looked like a team that were going to come up and, and actually do some damage to some teams because they looked really good in attack. I think they had two two clear chances before Liverpool had even had one. 
Um, yeah. I've just gone over the bar, whatever his name is, um, Superman. Um, Steeperman. 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 He's like Superman, but at more of an angle. And um, <laughs> unfortunately, his angle was over the bar. Um, That's a cute joke. Wee! Oh, well taken, sir. Some people might find that a bit obtuse. Nice. Ew. Hey. I think he shot it on the reflex, though. Come on. A cute... <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. Unbelievable. Isosceles. Um, That's a triangle. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> well, I'm genuinely he... furious now, so you can carry on all you like, but I'm genuinely furious. Go on. He, let's talk he about He didn't waste a few chances, Chuck. Steeper, man. He, he did. did. He was looking for the right angle. Um... <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah. That's math mac jokes. Far for the course, Barbados. We love you. Um, yeah, and I, I, did, I did wonder if that's Norwich seeing it as first game, right, it literally doesn't matter what we're going to do now. We've got a free hit. So do we just go for this? And they looked pretty cohesive going forward. Um, I was quite pleasantly surprised, actually. Um, especially, you know, a lot was said about Pookie coming up through the championship and he managed to nab a goal in the second half. Um, but you just wonder if that's the way Norwich are going to play this season. If once the once they start to play more of the easier teams, or not that there's easier fixtures, but teams more at their level, if they are still going to go for it in that way, or they'll be a bit more cautious and try and hold possession a bit more rather than just going for sheer counter-attack because they, it was really enjoyable to watch. It was very enjoyable to watch. Um, although I do think the scoreline flatters Liverpool here. Um, on XG, they had 1.6 plus the own goal to 0.9 for Norwich. Norwich generating 0.9 at Anfield opening day of the season is pretty good. Like, you do have to give them credit for that. Mm-hmm. And I do think this is – I couldn't find the data on this, but it does seem like one of those cases where I would expect the non-shot XG to be even higher because they created a bunch of, like, dangerous situations in the box where they weren't quite able to get a shot off. Yeah. So that wouldn't contribute, obviously, towards their XG because XG is just based off shots. But there is that alternate form called non-shot XG. That data is not publicly available. But again, I would definitely imagine that that was uh, even higher than 0.9. Like, they should walk out of that, I would imagine, like, heads held high and hopes pretty high for the coming season. And it was a pretty impressive own goal, I've got to say. The angle he got on his foot (laughs) to pretty much, um, I don't even know. I didn't know people bent that way. Depends how much you pay them. <laughs> I meant wages. Wages, obviously, at the soccer clubs. Yeah. Cool. All right. So then we'll uh, let's go ahead and move on to Saturday. Then um, another very dominating scoreline by a team that was clearly better than everyone last year, and it does not appear to have changed. We had Man City five, West Ham zero. It looks like West Ham's complete and utter lack of a midfield probably didn't help in this match, but I don't know how guys you think. Jack will share in it. Guys, mm, guys, yes. mm. Jack, Jack Wilshere. Mm. He was mm. he. He's good, isn't he? Mm. He's he um, a player. He's what you want when you spend all that money on attackers. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I still don't understand why Declan Rice is good. Is he good? Everyone tells me he's good, and he's the Irish Player of the Year. But I, I liked him pretending he hadn't encroached when he was practically up to the penalty spot. Oh yeah, he was, <laughs> he was like a yard and a half in and also a yard inside the box for the retaker as well. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. That would have been another retake as well. 
It would have been. And it's good to see, because th- we've blown over this, that VAR is now here in the Premier League and it has, has been used, um, not just in the referee's ear, but actual like viewing of the, the TV screen as well. And the fact that that got used to actually implement one of the laws of the game <laughs> that has been in place for God knows how long. And, and basically ignored for as long. Yeah, so that is the dominating storyline here, which is kind of sad because, you know, a 5-0 on opening day for returning champions and the two, like in their last two seasons, they were the two greatest teams of all time in the Premier League era. Um, but we are, I guess, the, we should talk to it, talk about it because that's what everyone's talking about. VAR, the big storyline here, um, disallowed a goal, allowed another goal that people kind of were pissed off about. <laughs> the Raheem Sterling blur. Raheem Blurling. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, I think for me, like, I'm still incredibly supportive of VAR. If anything, more so now that it's pissing off people who have bad opinions. Yeah, it's enjoyable. <laughs> it is enjoyable. Um, if you have a problem with VAR, I think what you should really more so have a problem with is the rule book and how the rule book is stupid and poorly written and vague and etc. Especially on things like handballs, offside, um, red cards... Like, all the things that VAR is here to help with are still pretty much fundamentally broken in the rulebook, and they have been for years now, and people have been saying that for years now. Yeah, but that's good, because I suppose that's a way they can then expose what hasn't been able well, to be yeah. exposed over the years. But the problem I had with VAR in this game isn't, you know, the Raheem Sterling armpit one where he then plays it to Jesus, whatever. Yeah, okay, that's marginal, but offside is offside. We've said it before, it's arbitrary. Like, I don't understand how... If the VAR person, their job is to draw those two lines because they've got a 3D camera where a lot of VAR that's been used before is a 2D camera. So that's why it was taking so much longer to decide the offside calls. Is that if they have that camera and they've drawn the lines and they can see Sterling's offside, that's it. Why did they then spend another 45 seconds yeah. just showing it over and over and over again? Because they that that's just it. There you go, offside, job done. And right. that's, that's the problem I had with VAR in this. And, and it then kind of panders to people saying, oh, it's ruining the game or delaying or what have you. It's because it, it was a delay that's unnecessary for something that is arbitrary. And at least it means now that the ref doesn't have to view the TV screen for that. The ref, the, the video ref who's in North London somewhere or West London, I can't remember where, um, just tells him straight in his earpiece, that was offside, blow for this, free kick, whatever. Job done. Right, right, right. Yeah, and like you said, like you're either offside or you're not. So even if it's close, it's clearly and obviously wrong if it's wrong. Like there's no gray area there, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's my hope for it too. That like VAR will bring to light what are problems that have existed for a long time, so that hopefully they'll eventually have something done. But the way VAR is being implemented, it's just doing its job. Like, and that's a good thing. Ian, what you what was your take on VAR here? Well. Uh... Yeah, on here specifically, like like Chuck says, it's a it's a binary decision. So the only problem is how long it took. That that is the only problem because yeah, it should just go. That's offside. Job done. It should take five or ten seconds. Yeah, it is funny. The uh, Raheem Blurst. Uh, what, what did you say? Blurling. Raheem Blurling. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah, um, because that was funny when they when they looked at that one. He literally is just. Clearly, they've not got a high-speed camera. They might have a 3D one, but it's not very high-speed because he, he looks like something out of Tron just going through. And then they've just gone, oh, yeah, let's just pick a point there. 
that's maybe a problem. But that was because... the West Ham player's massive ass that played him onside there. If you look at <laughs> yeah. it, it's his massive ass, and you can score off your ass, so yeah, no problem with that. So there yeah. you go. Anyway, let's let's not get too bogged down in this, and and not acknowledge the fact that City are still the best team in the league, even with playing players that we didn't think would play, with a ridiculously strong bench, uh, to the point of which uh, Jose Mourinho, who is now a Sky Sports pundit, um, who was on today. Uh, was asked what three teams can win, what four teams do you think can win the league? And he said Man City, Liverpool, Tottenham and Man City B. Because I look at their bench and look at the, re- the, the second 11 they could make and they could still win the league. I don't think that's wrong. No. Um, <laughs> and the debut for Rodri went about as well as it could. Fernandinho wasn't in the lineup and we said that if they have a fatal flaw in our preview, it was when Fernandinho's not on the pitch. I think they summarily answered that, and they have somehow had such a good summer that I think they're a better team than they were last year, which is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like, so, I don't know, 5-0 start, pretty much what you'd expected. We did say Dickings for Norwich and West Ham, that is how it went down. And Raheem Sterling, hat-trick, like, you got to ride hard for that, man. Fuck the yeah. racists. Found his shooting boots. I mean, finishing has always been something he's been criticised for, but... yeah. And he wanted that penalty. Did you see him? Like, yeah, where? Especially he did. the retake. He's like, come on, just, just give it to me now. That's it. <laughs> he did want that, yeah. Just unbelievable. Just genuinely, like, privileged to get to watch them play. Uh, and on the flip side of that, you have Bournemouth and Sheffield, 1.2 to 1.5 on XG. Not much going on there, right? Nothing really worth commenting on, I think. Was that 1.5 Sheffield United? To 1.2 for Bournemouth. That's disappointing for Bournemouth. Only 1.2 against yeah. Sheffield and at home. But I mean, I, I just think this weird FPL Twitter thing on Bournemouth is masking the fact that of what we've picked up on that I just don't think Bournemouth are that good. Like no. they, you know, to be at home opening day of the season against a promoted side who, albeit play this weird system with a sweeper and etc. To to not only not get all three points but concede quite late, I think. And be lower on XG just shows they're not really creating, and it's that's no. a little bit worrying. They're going to need to score more because they're because they let in so many, and like you say, to to let in uh, one point or to concede one point five XG to a promoted team and not score more than them is really disappointing. Both goals were scrappy as well. Both goals were really scrappy. Absolutely, there was not much to write home about with Bournemouth's attack. No, and, Saturday, and Sheffield so. were the promoted team that weren't good at attack compared to Norwich and Aston Villa, right? I'm going to keep saying Norwich, so fuck off. Um, <laughs> okay. Their strength here, it, Sheffield's strength was, in their promotion was in their defense. And I think that did kind of show because Bournemouth aren't that bad in attack, at least. But not usually, it's got to no. be really worrisome for Bournemouth to concede that much to a, to a not good attacking team. Like, it's quite weird, and we'll come on to it later with his performance for Aston Villa, but... They could probably use a defender like Tyrone Mings uh, mm-hmm. about now. <laughs> Maybe mm-hmm. a weak defensive team shouldn't be selling a defender then. <clears throat> That's totally not a thing that happens, so don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Well, they shouldn't be selling defenders that defend. Shall I yeah. Well, that that's true. Yeah. Sure, let's go with that. Moving on, we have Motherfucking Burnley. Burnley scoring, gonna Burnley, yo. Burnley scoring keep on Burnleying three. that Burnley Burnley way. On point nine XG, scoring three on point nine. I hate them so much. I hate them so much. 
they continue to defy. And I, and like, I, oh, I hate them so much. <laughs> Scored three on point nine, so they're already way overperforming. Their striker's amazing, or what? I mean, what's happening here? They're absolute Brexit FC. Like, they're all British, and they're all defying expectation and just being belligerent and not understanding that they're not a good idea for the world. That's, that's yeah. just what Burnley are. Yeah. They're just completely content with fucking up everyone's week. I hate them. So let's move on because I refuse to fucking spend any more time on that shit. Uh, maybe Southampton will get relegated. I don't know. We'll catch up with that later. Maybe, maybe just laugh at Southampton for like three seconds. I don't want to laugh at. Sorry. I don't want to laugh at Southampton this week because we do have a new Patreon. Shout out to our good friend Raf. Oh yeah. Oh, sorry about so that. So let's Raph. let's lay off Southampton at least for this week, okay. and then we'll come back to that. Park it. Put a pin in it. Week two. Oh, trust me, we don't need to park it. There'll be plenty more opportunities <laughs> to laugh at Southampton and get angry about Burnley. Now, I was all ready to come on here and talk about the next fixture and make fun of Chuck and give him a lot of shit, but I think given today's events, I'll probably back off and be a little nicer. <laughs> you should have foreseen that one. 0-0 zero, zero, Everton Palace. Everton 1.2 to Palace 0.9 on XG, so yeah. you would have expected about a 1-1 draw on average, but still a draw. Everton were slightly better, but not, you know, statistically significantly enough that you think that they got sort of hosed. Chuck, what's the story here with Palace? We can't finish. That, that just seems to be it. Like, we, it was very, it was very slow build up. There was, we just lacked that cutting edge at the front. I mean, obviously, Zaha was off until the, I want to say like the 70th minute he came on, 65th, 70th. Um, got a good reception and gave a good account of himself. Yeah, fair play to him. He, he didn't slouch, did he? Yeah, no, no, no. And it's if you believe what Hodgson has said and, and come out, is his issue is with the owners, not with the other players, the manager and what have you, because it's kind of supposedly similar to the Koscielny situation in which he was promised uh, a move or something. And now because the club haven't deemed the bid sufficient enough. I can imagine, which. Yeah. Don't believe the hype. Apparently, Everton only ever bid fifty-two million once, and that was about two, three weeks ago. Right. Um, Sky Sports, ding! Don't believe Sky Sports, guys. Mm. Um, but it was more to do with. I mean, we had two really good chances, and just yeah. if Ayu had taken maybe another touch left, he could have put it round uh, Jordan Pickford. And then there was a similar situation with Max Meyer, yes. where it's almost like he wanted. What he was looking for is to cut it inside to someone, but then when he realised there was no one there and he had to do it himself, he kind of he didn't really back himself he enough. Didn't which he, yeah. yeah, which he should because you know he had that whole season of bedding in. He looks a lot fitter, a lot stronger, and a lot more comfortable within the squad um, than he did last year. So I'm quite looking forward to that. But it was just if we had someone like Batshuayi still. Mm. Those those would have been two goals the end of last season. And it, it's not like he's doing any us any fucking good. He's just sitting on the bench. Well, he wasn't even on no. the bench today. So was he not? No, no. I mean, and this Zaha to Chelsea thing potentially with a bid in January. I don't know how the Chelsea transfer ban works, but that's still kind of not really going away. In but kind of coming up in different form. So I wonder if that's potentially on the cards. Um, but my main concern that always happens with Palace, um, and it's a similar structure to like being an England fan is that they never really we're never really absolutely ruthless like especially when once Schneiderling got sent off and you know you've yeah. got 15 minutes then of being against 10 men that they just didn't really go ham and, and go for it and Hodgson you know kept his subs really late only made two um, he could have you know against 10 men 
could have easily brought on Camarasa because he's now like a more creative midfielder that we've brought in, um, but instead bought off Ayu for Zaha, which you can kind of understand, but Ayu was having a great game. Um, and then brings off Benteke for Wickham. So it's like one striker who can't score for another. Um, but still some positive signs there. And as well, on, on the flip side for Everton, Everton were very unlucky not to not to go ahead yeah. a couple of times. And just similar to Palace, really, just didn't click at that, at that last moment that was required from Richarlison and Sigurdsson. Just a, just a few near misses, really. So what do you think is the solution for Palace going forward for like the rest of the season? Is it continuing to be Benteke and Ayu? Do you want to see Ayu as the number nine? And like obviously Zaha has to come back back into the lineup. So what what do you vision, what do you see for like the formation and the lineup going ahead? It's very difficult, and I have spent quite some time trying to figure it out in my head. But I think it should be one you kind of need. If you're playing Benteke or Wickham, you need to be playing crosses into them, which means there's no place for Ayu there. So we need to be playing the the classic way Palace have always played, which is wingers whacking the ball, get a centre midfielder up in there as well and try and cause some havoc or from set plays where we haven't looked as dangerous as we used to, which coming from Tony Pulis's management and Sam Allardyce's is we were lethal with set pieces for a long, long time. Um, it's why Scott Dan was scoring so many goals, what, like two, three seasons ago? But I think playing in that more four four two. um with Ayu playing off of Benteke, he needs to be making the more direct runs and... I don't know. It's everyone would have liked to have seen a striker and a and another right back signed, um, especially considering the two strongest positions we had. You could argue towards the end of last season were those with Batshuayi and Wambisaka, and obviously Wambisaka um, playing well again today, uh, and all of pre season with Man United. It, it does make him look a bit of a steal, and like potentially we could have held out for more money for him, but. You know, it's it's still very early days. We did all of our business late and a few players to bed in. Um, but I thought, considering we were playing then, you know, Dan and Kelly as our centre-backs, who you would argue now are kind of the third and fifth or fourth and fifth choices for that position, I think we did pretty well to, to hold out. Next one, I don't know that we need to spend too much time on it. 3-0 Brighton-Watford. Um, total fluke. It was 1.0 to 1.0 on XG. That just happens. There's just days where weird shit happens. Mm. Oh, I, I didn't watch this because obviously I hate Brighton. But <laughs> I've seen a lot of stuff saying that Watford looked absolute garbage. They didn't look good. I wouldn't say absolute garbage, but they didn't look good. I mean, if you're going to concede three to Brighton. Yeah, I do. But that scoreline, I think, is pretty misleading because they... Some people have it at 0.8. Some people have it at 1.0, depending on which one you look at. But either way... Brighton didn't generate that much XG. By all accounts, this was I didn't watch this entire thing. I was watching um, Goal Rush, which basically picks one match as its main match. That was Palace Everton, and then cuts to any shots on target or corners or stuff like that from other matches. Oh, I wish we had that. <laughs> it's really good. It's really good. Um, so I only saw a few things from this match, but from what I've read and from what I've seen, Watford didn't look good, but they didn't look that bad, and Brighton just sort of stumbled their way into three goals. Fluky and lucky. One of those things. Just one of them things, exactly. What is not one of them things, though, is Tottenham putting a fucking smackdown on Aston Villa. 3-1, to 2.6 to 0.6 on XG. Obviously, we'll get to Chelsea in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I will say that that result and that scoreline is not the most upsetting thing to happen to Chelsea this weekend. 
and in the last few days, the most exciting thing to happen to Chelsea in the last few days since the last time we recorded is how fucking amazing of a transfer window Tottenham had. They sealed the deal on pretty much everybody they wanted to except Dybala, which might be a blessing in disguise because it looks like Harry Kane is well and truly back, which is fucking terrifying as a Chelsea fan. He got off eight shots. He had the second most high intensity runs of anyone on the field. And he just, he looked like his old self. I mean, in the last two seasons, he hasn't averaged more than four per 90 on shots and he got eight. Wow. And he was making that space for himself. He looked mobile. He looked agile. He looked high energy and really genuinely fit, which scares the shit out of me. I'd like to see where like the breakdown of the XG came from in the game because anyone who watched it, Spurs were kind of all at sea, really, especially in the first half. And then yeah. up until maybe about five minutes before Ericsson came on, they just didn't really look like doing much. And Villa were kind of back to the wall and, and defending really well and still looking okay going forward. And then, you know, and Dombele just hits an absolute cracker for his first goal in the Premier League. Um, after he tried a few shots from that range. And then the floodgates just opened. I mean, Jack Grealish got caught in possession and Kane nailed a sec- nailed his first and Tottenham second. And then the last one was just kind of one of those ones where the, the scoreline, even though the XG shows it, the scoreline kind of doesn't give the full result of the scope of the game. Yeah, because it definitely was like a late, push from Tottenham. Yeah. And Villa Villa looked like they gave up for the last like 20 minutes of that match, 15 minutes of that match. They, looked like they, had they were just left. like fucking gone, man. But so that was the t- t- story with Tottenham a lot last season that they it was the last 10 minutes of games where they were winning them and they were scoring two or three goals in the last 10 minutes. And that that still kind of worries me even though they show then the reason why all of us think they can easily be top 3 or you know, maybe even pip Liverpool on, on their day to the second spot. I don't think they can do City unless it's a kind of no, a no, no. wonder season. No one can catch City on, on pure quality. But no I just wonder if that then means it's it's a sustainable because you'd like to see that more across the game. And I know probably Spurs fans for their own mental well-being would prefer to see, you know, three goals in the first 20 minutes rather than the last 15, 20 minutes, you know. I think they were surprised by Villa actually playing though. Mm, I think it, yeah. often when you get a sort of top level Premier League club playing a pr- newly promoted club, uh, there's an expectation of maybe rolling over. I think Norwich surprised Liverpool to start with. Yeah. Then quality showed. I think Villa surprised Tottenham to start with and yeah. eventually quality showed. But um, I mean, Tottenham took, what was it, 31 shots to get those three Oof, goals? Jesus. There was a lot of wayward shots. I mean, yeah. there was also a lot of Sissoko shots that were going out for throw-ins. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So that's that's probably three of those. <laughs> yeah. Can you call that an attempt on goal? No. Well, that's the thing that scares me the most as a Chelsea fan too. Like, this wasn't Tottenham's best eleven by any stretch. No. Ericsson wasn't there until later. Ali's still injured. The new signings weren't in there yet. Like... They will get better, I think, as the season goes on. And and yes, this is only against Villa. Fine, take it with a grain of salt. But Ndombele looked like a piece that they did not have since Moussa Dembele got old slash injured. Oh yeah, he looks like Moussa Dembele like nine years ago, but yeah, stronger exactly. and better. They didn't have a midfield last year, and now they have a very strong midfield, especially once Lo Celso comes in. From from what I understand, just from reading Kaylee, who's a Spurs fan, and like other people online too, he was the replacement for Ericsson in case Ericsson left. 
But now that they're both here, probably Los Celso will be playing a little deeper. I could be completely wrong on that, but that's my understanding. But either way, they have a functional midfield and a healthy Harry Kane. Yeah, that's dangerous. And they've actually made signings. Yeah. So I'm not happy at all with that. (laughs) (laughs) And neither will be good friend of the pod, Adam. Nor should he be particularly happy with his own team's performance. Sunday morning... Or afternoon, I guess, for you guys. I don't know what time it was over. Early afternoon. Terrible game. Terrible game. Arsenal 1, Newcastle 0. 0.4 to Newcastle on XG. Only 0.8 to Arsenal, though. Overperforming them numbers. They love it. (laughs) (laughs) Still call it that. Arsenal going to Newcastle. Newcastle. (laughs) Newcastle. 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 And only doing 0.8 XG is no good. And yeah, so I can already hear people being like, well, Green Assault, it was their B squad, right? Which like... Yeah, but so was hang on, hang Tottenham on. and so Tottenham did. Hang on, it was their B squad. It, at what point? What part of that team was their B squad? Arsenal. Their defense is just that shit, <laughs> and they don't have a centre midfield. All three London teams, big London teams. No offense, Chuck. Fuck um, you. <laughs> didn't start with their best eleven, and of those three, Arsenal are the ones that had the worst day. Like. Uh, Underlying numbers wise, obviously, <laughs> yeah, obviously, Chelsea had by far the worst say, day. I was gonna say, allow but, me a moment. <laughs> come on, give Adam something here. Yeah. <laughs> Try and get in your digs and forego the annihilation. Anyway, yeah. we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Chelsea's B squad went to Old Trafford and generated 1.4, Arsenal's B squad went to Newcastle and generated 0.8. Yeah, but Newcastle know their shit, so we'll play more defensively. And Chelsea probably got that XG because United were like, ah, have a shot. We're going to fucking do you anyway. Also, I know <laughs> we'll, we'll get there, but in what way was it Chelsea's B squad other than... That is just Chelsea. Not, again, that is just Chelsea. Just Chelsea squad. at the minute, right. Um. Well, Rudiger is our best defender and he's still coming back from preseason. He, didn't, he wasn't even on the bench today. Kante didn't come on until an hour, 70th yeah. minute. And he's our best central midfielder. And without the two of them, the defense just doesn't work. Right? I mean, it's it that's might as well be sorry ball again. Yeah. Um and I So mean, your, your spine, you were struggling with your spine, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Mason Mount, like, well, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. We'll get, we'll, we'll, yeah, get, yeah. we'll get to Chelsea. But yeah, let's talk about give, Arsenal first. Let, let's give Adam something, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They did win. They he done a win. They done a win. Um, and you have to think that they'll get better once their main guys are are up and running. Yeah. And obviously they've, you know, they've now got other issues which have come out in the press because after the um, heroics, shall we say, of Kalasinac with uh, the carjackers is is that reports are that something else has happened with the two of them separately um, since that. So it's quite worrying. Very iffy going on there. Yeah, neither of them travelled because of police investigations and stuff. Yeah. And And especially... You know, because they're not really giving out much detail, it must be sort of criminal proceedings, and so hopefully they're not. It's not some sort of like targeting thing. I think that's what like the reports were saying, though, which is like it wasn't randomly those two guys. It was like yeah. them specifically, both in the first attack, and now obviously whatever some organized crime situation. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Well, whatever it is, whoever's doing it, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, genuinely, yeah, go fuck yourselves. Stop. Yeah. I hope they get them. I hope they arrest them. Like, Arsenal players or whatever, you want them to be safe. Um, but credit to Arsenal who were able to pull out a gritty win against the mighty Newcastle. 
They should have got more goals. I'm so pissed off fucking Bamiang. <laughs> yeah, me and all, mate. Yeah. You fucking... Fuck you, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Next match. Uh, Yay! Last... Yay! No, oh, not sorry, yet. Not sorry, yet. Sorry, Leicester sorry, Wolves. Sorry. Go ahead 0.5, 0.5, XG, 0-0. The most boring match of the weekend, easily. Um, anything big to take away from that? Are both of those teams who we thought they were? Is one of them worse than we thought? Was it just a weird stalemate that happens sometimes? Like, what are you guys thinking here? Bit of a disappointing stalemate, isn't it, really? Boring as shit. Did, uh, I hope this isn't par for the course with me picking my fixture for the week. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think you were valid in saying that this sounded like a really good game, but... Yeah, talk about damn squib. Yeah, yeah. The, the four that we had, the two that we highlighted, other than like obviously the big ones, were Palace, Everton, and Leicester Wolves, and both of those were zero yeah, zero. We didn't do well. Don't listen to what we say. I also said Villa might get a result against Spurs, I believe, if I remember correctly. So yeah, I think you did. Yeah. It was either that or Sheffield United. It was one of those two. I don't know. Some one of you nerds go back and listen and tell us. Yeah, <laughs> par for the course with predictions here. So <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Exactly. Yeah, especially the fact. I mean. Like I've just pulled it up now, and Schmeichel made two saves, and Patricio made one. So, yeah, no, it was dire, dire stuff. It was point five, point five on XG. Like it was about as boring as it gets. Maybe this is Wolves having to deal with the four Europa League games they've already played, and then no, I think they've played two, and then they've got four more before they then join the Europa League. Yeah, it's it's they're gonna be stretched because they did look tired. Yeah, but they've got a bigger squad than Burnley had when they did it last year, so we shall see. All right, and uh, What's left here we to talk are. about, Oscar? We're at it. We can't avoid it any further. <sighs> Manchester United 4, Chelsea <laughs> 0. Hold on, hold on. I just got to... Oh. oh, God. Resorting to drink. That's usually me and you, Chuck. What's he got? A uh, a white claw flavored uh, black cherry so flavored disgusting. seltzer. <laughs> yeah. White claw hard seltzer, black cherry flavor. No good. Don't get it if you haven't had what, it yet. What is it? Like a cider or something? It's called a hard seltzer. I don't know. So it's like alcohol. It's like vodka soda, basically. Right, okay. Basically, yeah. It's the most popular thing over here. It's been like everyone has been like, "Oh my god, did you drink white claw this summer?" And I, so we got, like, yeah, me and Emily went out and we're like, all right, we got to try this. Everybody loves this. It's a nice day out. Let's just go grab one. It's fucking gross. But um, let's keep talking about that, though. What else do you want to know? There's different <laughs> exactly. flavors. Did, There's... did well uh, keeping off for 45 seconds there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So I'll, I'm just going to go straight to Kaylee Graphics to quote because I don't want to mm-hmm. <laughs> have to say my own things. Uh, XG map for Manchester United, Chelsea. Manchester United 1.7 plus a penalty. To Chelsea's 0.9. Ooh. And the caption is, Rarely have I watched a 4-0 that felt less like a 4-0. United did play really well on the counter once Pogba got the space to work with. Which I think is a pretty fair assessment. I think so. And, you know, De Gea made seven saves, so maybe he's, like, good again. <laughs> he's always been good. That's the thing. It's just nah, the defense in front year. of him last was year worse. Was garbage. They, they kept less than half the clean sheets that Palace did last year. <laughs> I think that had more to do with the players in front of them than anything else. So Chelsea came out of the gate strong here. They looked really good for the first 20 minutes. Then they completely lost the plot. You know, you got to be looking at Kurt Zuma there. Yeah. Making some very, very, very notable mistakes. Like very out loud and like hard to not pay attention to type of mistakes, right? Right. 
Um, which you'd imagine that as soon as Rudiger is ready, he'll be in there slotting in for Zuma. Um, which is kind of the story for me. I touched on this a, a second ago, but I... It's obviously very upsetting to lose to Manchester United 4-0. I hate Manchester United. It was really upsetting for like Lampard's first game to be this. I was hoping Pulisic would start and he didn't, which was upsetting too. Like it's all of that is a bummer of a fucking day, right? Mm. But from a big picture perspective, like I'm still just as excited as I was for the season and I still think that like we're now I think Tottenham have kind of shown that they're a level above but I do still think that we can keep up with Arsenal and United to finish fourth, maybe. Like, I'm not that worried. Like I said before, when Rudiger and Kante, who are their two most important defensive pieces, are missing, yeah, no shit they passed through our central midfield. Our defensive midfielders were Kovacic and Jorginho. Like, Jorginho doesn't know how to tackle. Yeah. There's a lot of settling in and some blooding to do with some of the players because I was I was quite surprised when the team sheet came out to see that he was playing Kovacic and Georgi. Well, Kovacic and Jorginho made sense, but then to have Mason Mount in front and Tammy Abraham, I thought, wow, that's that's quite bold to not go for you know if you've got Mount there to maybe not go for someone like Giroud just because he's more experienced. Yeah, yeah, against Manchester United, yeah. Yeah, and I mean they they brought on Kante, so that's good at least to know that he's he's fit enough and just getting a few more minutes. But you know we, we've we've said enough times it's such a huge transition time of transition for Chelsea that this fixture was never going to be good. Like it was either this this was going to happen and you'd lose, but it was predictable, or potentially you'd get that result but not really be able to rely on the data from it because both teams are in a bit of flux at the minute. Right, exactly. And like you look at, you mentioned it, and I'll just go player by player. Emerson barely played last year. Zuma on loan to Stoke and Everton in the last few seasons for reasons, obviously. <laughs> Christensen didn't start a single Premier League match last year, played like 600 total minutes. So that's three of the four defenders, mm -hmm. you know, totally not played with each other and don't have much experience or haven't played in a while. Um, Mason Mount making his Premier League debut, I believe, certainly incredibly young. Ross Barkley probably hasn't played a game in about eight years. Barkley and Kovacic shared minutes last year, but Barkley playing out wide in a 4-2-3-1, I've never seen him played there before. Yeah. And he had a horrible day. This is this right here is exactly the test, right? Because we said that we're going to have to have patience. It's a transition period. There's a lot of young kids who are going to sort of get caught up in moments and make mistakes. And that's exactly what happened today. And so, you know, I'm, I've avoided Twitter at all costs since the match ended. <laughs> but I really hope that I don't go on there tomorrow and be like, and just see Lampard out all over the place. Uh, yeah. I don't, well, I don't think you will. They were singing his name still in the stadium. I mean, that, I think that would be... I don't, I don't think that's... Yeah. I mean, it will exist. Of course it will. Whether it's ironic or it's just Belen's. Um <laughs> If it's going to truly be a rebuild and a and a reshuffle and a kind of commitment to building to actually utilizing the players that they've had for fucking years, um, yeah. you just have to support it. Look, I want to see Rudiger in as soon as possible for Zuma. I want to see Kante in as soon as possible, hopefully for Barkley and then pushing Kovacic up or Jorginho up. I want to see Pulisic in there for Pedro when he's back. Ruben. Find somewhere for him, maybe, instead of Jorginho. Like, there's a lot of guys that... This is not the 11 that I would expect to see against a Manchester United in January. Yeah. Let's say. Mm -hmm. Right? Or the bigger games later. So, it, it it sucks, but it is what it is. 
I mean, I both hope and think that you're right. It, because Chelsea did this bizarre thing of like playing quite a high line, but still managing to give Man United space. And I don't think yeah. that will happen, I hope, and don't think it will happen when Kante is back there. And like you say, when Rudiger's back there and might have the experience to take a step up and realise when he's got to move. Because there was a lot of statues going on when you were playing a high line, which was... Yeah, it was not good at all. No, but they'll get better with time. I'm much honestly. I'm still much more upset about the David Luiz thing than I am about this <laughs> result. Like I was upset when we recorded the day before the window, but god damn it, seeing him in I an enjoyed, Arsenal jersey really I enjoyed really the hurt. fact that about a month ago they took down Eden Hazard at the Chelsea shop, <laughs> yeah, because uh, he was in front of the entrance and replaced him with David Luiz. Oh, like, I didn't see that. Oh, that, brilliant! That person needs to just quit their job. They're like, for fuck's <laughs> yeah, sake. Yeah, that sucks. No, David Luiz was like probably tied with Ruben for my favorite player, and he was the only player left from that 2012 team. Like, it's upsetting. It's really upsetting that he's gone. And it, and I had kind of been like, oh, I'm okay with it. Like, you know, him and Lampard had discussions, and he wants to be the number one guy somewhere. That's fair enough at his age. Fine. And then seeing him announced by Arsenal in the Arsenal shirt, I like wanted to throw up in my mouth. It <laughs> ruined all of like Thursday night and Friday for me. Like. Me and Emily just sat on the couch, just, like, in a terrible mood, just, like, sad. Because, <laughs> like, he's oh. genuinely, like, we have, oh, my God. Right, enough, I'm bored, bored enough of David Luiz. Oh, no, on. no, you'll like this. Do you know Funko Pops, like, the little bobblehead kind of figuring things? Yeah, you fucking hipster. We bought three Funko Pops last summer, or not last summer, at the end of last season, and they were Cahill, Hazard, and Luiz. <laughs> So now we got to look at them on our bookshelf every day. Yeah. On the on the other side of the pitch, um, Man United are in a similar kind of situation and bringing in um, new players, uh, not just to uh, that team, but also that, that haven't really played much. So it's good to see um, player of the season, Scott McTominay, getting a start. Um, from, <laughs> got from involved as two well. Two seasons, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, Wan-Bissaka and Maguire coming in. Clean sheet there, but... Again, against a bit of a stunted Chelsea attack that isn't quite cohesive enough, you, you you can't really have enough insight there. But you know, Pogba getting involved, and uh, reports are that he you know went round, applauded all four corners of the ground, and got decent receptions from all that all the fans there. So you know, it's good to see that it's that that there's no bad blood there. Um, and fast man Daniel James and Mason Greenwood coming off the bench, albeit yeah. when they were. Three or four nil up at that point. Um, well, Daniel James obviously got the fourth goal, but um, Mason Greenwood coming on, which is it's good to see that that both of these both of these managers are kind of committing to what they do and and wanting to bring through new players and and cultivate the the culture that both of them have come from. Yeah, United had the youngest squad this weekend, and Chelsea had the fifth youngest squad, and that's when they were both two of like the three oldest last season. So huge swing in age, average age, for them. So, it, you know, it'll be a work in progress for both of those teams. Mm. Yeah. I'm glad Chuck's mentioned Man United there because, I mean, it's it's easy to see Chelsea as the story because of Lampard and the transfer ban and everything. But, and Oscar. And Oscar, obviously, just well, yeah. from our point of view, we see Chelsea as the story. But, I mean, it, that will have done a great deal to settle nerves at Man United for mm. a little while, you know, even if they lose the next two now, it'll just, it'll, that will have just settled nerves. Uh, uh, if not on play, but definitely scoreline, an emphatic victory, that's going to, 
that's going to do a lot to just calm everyone down at Man United. I don't know what their next fixtures are like. Actually, oh, I, but I, I, I literally, I was just about to say, I'm pull, I've pulled them up, and they've got Wolves away, Palace at home, Southampton away, Leicester at home, West Ham away, right. Arsenal at home, Newcastle away, and then in week nine, Liverpool at home. So they've got a chance to build up a little run of steam, without a doubt. I mean, that could really settle nerves there. Definitely. That's yeah. amazing. And then after Liverpool, they've got another five six weeks of solid until they then hit Tottenham and Man City so okay that's pretty bloody decent so <laughs> yeah if I was a United fan I'd be on cloud nine and rightly so yeah great 100%. day good performance amazing result youth players true like you know club type guys I, I think that uh, the way Chelsea and United fans are going to be this season. There's going to be a lot of similarities, I think, because of the history. Obviously, Man United has a longer history, but in fairly recent memory, you know, you've got similar histories of winning big competitions, not just the Premier League, but also uh, Champions League. And you're going through this big rebuild that there's going to be lots of things that you guys are happy about and not happy about. So it's old club legend as manager. Yeah. Yeah, ex-players as managers. So there's there's a lot of similarities to be drawn uh, between those teams. So it, it's it's really interesting for me to see, not just because of you, Oscar, but to see what happens when finally what I've kind of believed in for all these years and that sometimes teams just have to go, right, we know we're not going to win anything this year, but we need to build something and build a new foundation to then develop on to see if maybe they they can catch Man City. That's got to be the aim. And it's whether they just know that one day potentially the owners will get bored or the money will run out or what have you. And well, then... you're, you're, Yeah, you're absolutely right because there's only, because Man City are so far ahead, there's only two ways to do it. One is to do a long-term plan building from the bottom, blah, blah, blah. And that's going to take a while, like you say. The other is just to throw money at it. And the Glazers ain't going to throw money at it. No, and Man United fans are getting butt hurt because Man United only spent like £150 million this year. And you're like, what got the fuck do you want? It. Get used to it. And it's it's been all over the place. But you've got, you know, we, we mentioned last season, but the situation with Bolton still hasn't changed. They're still in, you know, in big trouble and potentially going out of existence. And the same now with Berry. Berry, who have just been promoted to League One, have had their first three league matches postponed. And now their first League Cup fixture postponed. And I think if they can't prove financial solvency by, uh, I think it's the 23rd of this month, the EFL will rescind their membership. So the club's gone. So they've got two weeks. Bolton, they were further along, but have then had court injunctions brought against the guy who was going to take over. So that's complicated everything. But they're not much further behind. Both those teams are in League One with 12-point deductions. Like, it fucking sucks. And then you've got Man United fans getting fucking bent out of shape because they've only spent £150 What What do you want? Yeah. Puts it into perspective, doesn't it? Yeah. Change my mind. Man United are shit. They can fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) That didn't take long. All right, well, enough about the fucking Chelsea match and, and the football in general. Let's go ahead and jump into some listener questions. I'm sure we have some good stuff about, like, cheeseburgers or yeah. socks yeah, or some something nonsense. to take your mind off it, mate. Yeah, no no more Chelsea. Let's get to some listeners. You stuff. can always rely on the listeners for that. No worries. Yeah, you can rely on them. Adam P., how does Oscar feel knowing his entire season is resting on a manager who performed to expectation <laughs> in the championship, <laughs> managing to not fuck it up, putting 10 players around Kante? Doesn't look good so far. Also, when will Pulisic play? <laughs> oh, dear. That's Here, I'll say this on air. Mm. 
for everyone to fucking hear. If, let's see if Adam's a coward or not. <laughs> I bet that Chelsea finish above Arsenal in the table this year. And I'm willing to put on the line that I will, to follow our good old friend Sabzi, remember him? Yeah. I will say that the loser has to wear a Tottenham jersey in their profile picture for a year. Holy shit. Oh. All right. Put your fucking money where your mouth is, Adam. Let's see how he's feeling. Because one result against Newcastle getting 0.8 XG, and he's trying to talk a bunch of shit at us. Bring it on. Wow. Them's fighting talks. I mean, that's that. I'm I'm happy for that to go ahead. Adam, go on. Just just do it. He's a fucking coward and he won't do it. Don't oh be a punching God. bag. This is how the punching bag becomes the puncher. He knows that Arsenal are going to come in sixth. He knows that they cannot handle like doing well all the way through a whole season, right? He knows that deep down. So, wow. there you go. I did not expect that. Throw down, snaps. All right. Should we do next week's fixtures? <laughs> sure. I'm just stunned by that. Yeah, when uh, Arsenal could potentially build up a six-point cushion by starting off the week against Burnley, or Burnley gone Burnley. Burnley are going to Burnley them. Yeah, 0.5 xG, 5-0 on the scoreline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not not a good week for Adam to take that bet. Definitely not. But he wouldn't take it anyway. Or would he? I fucking hope so. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. And Chelsea face off against Leicester on the Sunday uh, at yeah. 4.30, 11.30, whatever it is in your foreign land. So that's, again, that's an interesting one. That could be a bit more of an attacking foray for you against old b Rog. Yeah, at home, um, I'd imagine we'll see some rotation, some lineup changes I would expect after that result today. Um, hopefully Pulisic will be making his full debut, his debut at Stamford Bridge either way, which is really exciting. Um, oh, I guess I should take a moment to mention that. From an American soccer perspective, today was a huge day, a really big deal. Like, I, I was blasting some patriotic country hick-ass music all morning, being like, proud to be an American! Right? Because, like, Pulisic <laughs> playing for Chelsea is a big fucking deal. Like, from an American perspective, this is our chance to, like, make our name and a genuinely elite team at a genuinely elite league. We've never had anyone play for this big of a club before. Well, Landon Donovan. He's just a young Landon Donovan. <laughs> young Landon Donovan. Anyway, the big fixture this week is is kind of the... The first top table clash that we get, which is Man City Spurs, um, five thirty on Saturday. Um, Prick, what? United played Chelsea today. <laughs> yeah, because either of those teams stand a chance of winning the league. No one but City stands a chance, and they can't play themselves. So they could. They probably could play themselves. That would be an interesting match, actually, if they just did like pick captains and played each other at the end <laughs> pick and captains. whoever. <laughs> Whoever whoever wins gets to keep the Premier League medals. Yeah, because they've all got so many now. Like it doesn't matter, does it? How many Premier League med- winning medals you got? Pfft, I don't know, mate. Lost count. Too many. So yeah, that that's very very interesting. City's first game at the Etihad as well. Um, so you expect them to put a real marker down, especially as Liverpool have Southampton. Um, so you'd expect to win there against their um, barren hunting grounds uh, that they have raped and pillaged over the years for all their good players. Um, yeah, metaphors and shit. Yeah, Palace away to Sheffield United. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. Banana skin. That's definitely a 
if, if Sheffield, it's, it's that classic thing of promoted teams that they, they need to put down a statement, especially at home. Um, Palace Palace had that for a good few years and we're still riding on that though, that idea that apparently it's a hard place to go, but we keep giving away three points. <laughs> um, Fortress. Yeah, I mean, we won there three times last season. Um, so going to Bramall Lane doesn't exactly fill me with confidence. Yeah. But no, it's interesting and, and a real marker of kind of, you know, we have another week of players settling into the club and then seeing kind of where does Hodgson want to go with it. Um, Zaha will have been back for longer, so you'd assume he'd start there. Um, maybe bringing in, like I said before, Camarasa, maybe Cahill um, could start as well, which would be which would be pretty good. Um, just give a bit more defensive structure and uh, and addition to the spine. Um, yeah, and if he does come in, the experience of someone like him against newly promoted strikers or attackers is going to be invaluable, isn't it? I mean, yeah, definitely. He's not going to panic. He's not going to lose his head. It's you know, although not the most mobile. That's kind of what worries me. True, true. Yeah, that, that is true. Yeah, but I think it, uh, experience can sometimes, especially at that sort of ex- excuse my rudeness, but lower echelons of the Premier League level, that sort of experience. Uh, the the can... amorphous blob of garbage. Yeah, exactly. The the void of not giving a shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much how it is. So lots of football going on this weekend. I mean if you if you are in the States, your goal rush on Saturday it isn't exactly the most exciting set of fixtures in the world. <laughs> no. Um, but at least you're kind of watching five at once so something might happen and I assume Southampton Liverpool will be the big game. Alright and uh so that'll do it for next week's fixtures. Um, why don't we check in with the fantasy before we move on, right? We have that community team. And also, I'm in the lead of the three of Oh, that's why nerds. you want to bring it up. Funny that. Um, well, our podcast team, as we mentioned before, for the FPL Roundtable League, the uh, the Mop'em Sock'em Robots. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like it. Um, we had a pretty decent week, a 75-pointer with uh, Salah captain and Sterling as well. Um so pretty good. The rest of the team didn't really do much in attack. I mean, we had Pulisic, uh, San Maximan, uh, Fraser, Key. Yeah, Keen. I wanted to talk about that. Who? Alan Saint Maximan, mate. Yeah. Look at a picture of him. He's a G. And I mean, he was obviously linked with Palace <laughs> and didn't go there, but he's always worn a headband. And all the time he was at cool. Insert, That's good criteria. Insert French club he used to play for here but probably not French. Um, he wore a Gucci headband and looked like a G. And now he's come to Newcastle. He's wearing a Slazinger one that is available two for five pounds from Sports Direct. That's the Mike Astley effect, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but yeah, we it kind of all went from Salah and Sterling and then Van Aanholt, Alexander-Arnold, Luca Dina and... Um, Did Nick well Pope in defence. At the back. Yeah, very solid. Uh, four clean sheets. And you have to think Pulisic is going to probably get a start from next weekend and certainly get more minutes going forward. Um, so that'll be good for the fantasy team. So going forward, as, as we said before, what we'll do is we'll, we'll throw open uh, some transfer suggestions to you as well as our captaincy choice, uh, whether you want us to make any changes or look at stuff, obviously budget pending. Good start though. That's a pretty solid start, considering everyone else in the world got a billion points. Just imagine how good of a start it would have been if I was in charge of it, given that I'm the best FPL player on this podcast, apparently. All right, calm down. I'm going to finish ahead of you this year. Chuck, I don't care about, but I want to finish ahead of Stimmers. Oscar's about two seconds away from challenging me to wear a Tottenham shirt. (laughs) I told you. This year I'm taking FPL very seriously, and I'm going to beat you. That's the only reason I'm doing it seriously is because I want to beat you, Stimmers. And I'm not taking it seriously the same as last year, and I'm still going to beat you. 
<laughs> yeah, that would that would hurt me two years on the bounce. That really I'm is. fully determined to take no points hits for the first time ever. Mm. Well, you've already hamstrung yourself. That's a ridiculous thing to say. Yeah, I probably won't. I, but I usually <laughs> take like a point hit every week. So yeah, well, that's yeah. I'll try <laughs> to be better. Extremes, yeah. It's just me trying to be better. And one final thing before we go, just want to give a shout out to everyone that's entered the Mop Predictor League this year. We asked you all to um, send in your predictions for where the 20 teams will finish this year. Um, So we've got about 18 in the league. Um, So it's good. And uh, I mean, unfortunately, Oscar is currently in joint second uh, with another four people. However, you know, it's one game week down and there's a long way to go. And the average points is about 100 difference so uh shout out though to game week one leader van damme sambi big van damme sambi oscar tied with his wife as well as joe bloom and momo fpl okay and uh, oscar's nemesis two points behind finley stimson go on (laughs) go on son i'm in ninth ian's in 11th and dave mateo like sheffield united are getting relegated this year (laughs) <laughs> you know he's never acknowledged that we make that joke every what, what time. Joke? Well, he's a Sheffield United fan, so why would he? I maintain that he stopped listening a long time ago. Yeah. And Fucking there we go, on that today. motorbike bookend, <laughs> Ian's super production value, that's us zooming away. I have to leave both motorbikes in now. <laughs> yes, yes you will. Fuck it. Shazam. Um, thank you very much for joining us guys thank you too for recording on this Sunday evening thank you Chuck cheers and thank you very much goodbye bye